Hello, you're listening to the Consequential Podcast. This week, we're going to sort out everyone's problems as Agony Ant-Man. But uh, first, I need to introduce my cohorts in this fantastic endeavour. Lucy? Ludicrous Venture. We don't need to know your rap name. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Roger? Can we also sort out why I bought this Austrian wine? We can't. Well, you bought it because you thought it was going to be good. And it's not. You were wrong. Uh, Sad. I've been let down by wine. You've been let down by wine before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And that's the wine out of the way far quicker than we usually manage. It's shit. <laughs> Lucy, what have you been reading? I've been reading some stuff, okay. Dave. Um, I read the first ten issues of Manhattan Projects, which I got Me to too. Roger too, which is great. We'll hopefully get some lively and fruitful debate. I've Maybe. read it. Okay, fair enough. I've read some of it. You read some of it? Yeah. Got it in the humble bundle. I read it last night, and then I had lots of dreams about robots and murder. Which murder is dreams. probably completely unrelated to the comic. That's not true. Tell me of Projects Manhattan. Um, it's an alternate reality type of deal set in the Second World War whereby sort of the prominent scientists of the day are all sort of weird or fucked up or slightly robotic or evil versions of themselves, apart from Richard Feynman, who's just a shiny little gimp, basically. Um, and, and the exact kind of astonishing narcissist you might assume he is from reading Surely You're Joking, Mr Feynman? Precisely. This is the second comic I've ever read which features Richard Feynman. He's doing pretty well for himself as yeah, a physicist. Which was the first one? Feynman, the one that's the a comic biography. bio of him. I was kind of hoping it was that, because otherwise that's a lot of It's Feynman a lot of comics, comics about a dude who mostly did some science. Carl Sagan is in Atomic Robo. Mm, yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, no, the other Grassy the... Tyson was in Spider-Man. Really? Mm. The, the Feynman comic itself was good, but I read it very, very hungover in the bookshop and then I didn't buy it. I'm, it's not a lending library. <laughs> it's not. We'd have probably fucked you up for that back in the day. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. You'd have you, been you hungover can, too. Yeah, yeah we'd have been can, so hungover. You can kid yourself that we were the sort of austere, get off my lawn comic retailers that. We actually quite liked it when people read the comics. Yeah, and like you would have had to have gotten a fucking snowplow to get the manga kids out on a weekend. Yeah. Also, who among you? could say that you wouldn't have wished to be easing your hangover by sitting in a shop reading a comic rather than easing your hangover by fucking working in a shop. Sometimes we were pretending to work and reading comics. You're probably less relaxed than I was. Mm. Anyway, well, it was we had pretty to deal good. with those fucking manga kids. Oh, those guys. But it wasn't Manhattan Projects, which is what I am here to talk to you about today. It's fun. It's really fun. Um, I didn't get on massively with the art style because the lines aren't clean and you know how I feel about that. I think they're going for icky. They're going for squidgy and icky. And that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, but if it's... And it's kind of colour-coded, which is... I thought it was a bit neither one thing nor... If it's going to go squishy-wibbly, I want the full Brandon Graham. That's more curvy and distinctly moist. Mm. Never say that again. Okay. Um, so before we continue, who is this created by? I couldn't possibly tell you. You've got the show notes. Though. Is it? Is it Hickman? Yeah, you didn't write it down. Yeah, it's, it's Roger did. Jonathan did Hickman and uh, no, he didn't write it down. You both just wrote Manhattan Projects. You've left me fucking hanging. Jonathan here. Hickman isn't that guy who works here. 
Um, it's by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Patara. Oh, you did your host voice. Gives me a little free song. Who also isn't Nick Patera, who I was previously more familiar with. He's the guy who can sing both parts of A Whole New World from Aladdin, the guy with the ridiculously well-developed falsetto who does YouTube videos. If you want to listen to a man singing both parts of popular songs from musicals, listen to Nick Patera. Put it in the show notes. No. <laughs> I have login credentials for the site, dude. You can't stop me. Yes, I can. I can destroy it. I can burn it all to the ground. <laughs> um, I felt like for the first ten issues of what is presumably going to be a longer run, do we know? Where I think it's they at? got they got to about eighteen issues and then decided to reboot it as a series of one-off stories. Okay. So they did the arc plot for three trades worth of comics, and then um, they're on hiatus at the moment while they figure out how they're going to carry on doing it. Mm-hmm. They're going to use it as a larger framework for weird science stories, I think, but not carry on with the main plot, necessarily. That kind of makes sense. I mean, I felt like a lot of... They shot out a lot of quite wide-ranging strands in the first ten issues, and it wasn't clear how that stuff was going to come back together, so... Like Spider-Man having a seizure. Yeah, so it sort of takes into account multiple universes and weird alien tech and cannibalistic Robert Oppenheimer. I do like cannibal Oppenheimer. And I like the idea of the civil war for Oppenheimer's brain. Mm, that was great. I, mean, I guess that's, that must be the, we, we, we've read, I guess, the first two trades worth and I get that that, that must be the third. Presumably, yeah. That was end of second was yeah. the, the setup for it. It's a good comic. It's, it's a big, good it's, comic. It's big dumb fun. It's, um, I didn't get on with the art. I didn't get on with a few of the details. I like the grotesquery, I, I, you know, the, the president and the hideous Illuminati sex Oh, God, that was wonderful, yeah. Striding around in his pants. With Harry Truman wearing a gigantic sun god hat. And, and a nappy. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that. That's the thing. Yeah, that he's in the sort of... He's he forgot in, about sex nappy Truman. Yeah, he's in a sort of Aztec version of the Freemasons, isn't yeah. he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some great one-liners as well, the guys on the phone kind of, no... No, a dog with a machine gun is always problematic. And they're right. Yeah. I don't know, the thing, where they smooshed together with the Russian Star Lab or whatever it's called. Star, Star City. Star City. I thought that kind of started to get weak. They lost distinctness of voice and lost mm-hmm. a bit of focus. But um, no, it's, it's still great fun. There was a bit when there were sort of tons of people fucking something up and I couldn't remember which guys were fucking what yeah. up and why. But that was kind of immaterial, as the point of it seemed to be some shit's going to get fucked up, rather than you need to know who and what and why. Yeah, so. and I, I do enjoy, like, FDR as... Is it FDR? As, mm. um... As the, the AI. AI yeah. My frame. Obviously hanging a little bit off, um, what's-his-face from Marvel. That one guy. Played, that by, guy. The, played by the actor that looks a bit like my dad. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I've um, just forgotten the character's name. Uh, I know you have. It's really funny. Uh, um, um, something Zola? Armin Zola. Armin Zola. Yeah, sometimes I just, I don't want to leap in with the answer. I want to leave you... Hanging. Dangling. Yeah. Well, because I will go to weird places and make up horrible shit. No, it's okay. I edit it out, so you always sound like you know what you're talking about. So I can't believe that's true. No, you, you really shouldn't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Lucy, what else have you been reading? What else have I been reading? I read Terms of Service, uh, which is a kind of not a kind of, it is, a non-fiction comic about big data and privacy implications, hmm. which was hosted online by Al Jazeera USA. If anybody would like to read it for free, we'll put the link in the show notes. Tell me about it. It's a pretty good 
101. Hmm. If you have any interest in the area personally or you've been keeping up with kind of any of the discourse around it, it's probably going to seem kind of basic. Hmm. Um, but if, if you're not sure why it's a bad thing that companies might want to track everything you do and the ethical implications of doing that and the way technology is going to conspire in the coming years to make that not just magnificently possible but likely mandated, then you should probably take a look. I mean, the, the kind of the setup, there's it's a team of a journalist and an illustrator, a comics guy, and the comics guy's kind of the rube, and the journalist is doing a lot of the kind of explaining of concepts by playing, he's like, but, but why would it be bad for me to check in on Foursquare kind of thing, which is a little bit heavy-handed as framing, mm. but... Because Foursquare is bullshit. Because Foursquare so is bullshit. Four square kids. I mean, it ends on a pleasingly kind of human and ambiguous note about the mm. whole thing. It's not... It points out the dangers without making it seem like shutting everything down right now and cutting technology out of your life is really a viable option for a lot of people. Mm. It's, it's a good kind of middle groundy place to educate yourself. And I guess that's the horrifying thing, is that it, it isn't. Mm. Like, we have to find some way to mitigate and intermediate this stuff. Yep. And it's in lots of people's interest not to do that because there is lots of money to be made. Really stupid money. Yeah, really stupid money and lots of civil liberties to be quietly infringed upon. And this is the thing that gets me, is that the pathological consequences, the, the quiet enablement of the, of the surveillance state, mm. um, <clears throat> at risk of sounding hugely glib, which I just did, Continue. has basically been an unintended consequence of stupid fucking ways to sell poorly uh, targeted advertising. Mm -hmm. It's just so grubby. I'm, I'm disappointed by it. You know... The, the, the phenomenal amounts of surplus money and the huge economic distortion caused by the capital bubble in the Bay is basically an artifact of people over-earnestly buying faintly targeted advertising. It's okay, though, because and the craftsmen of the Valley are actually doing a work of service. They're not just twatting about in their own interests to make some more money for somebody else. They're, fuck these guys. They're makers. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Yeah. What else, Lucy? Fuck all of the guys. The other thing I read, I haven't finished it yet, I'm about three quarters of the way through, is Age of Bronze, uh, which is by Eric Shanawa. Uh, it won several Eisners several years ago. It had a run of singles done by Image. It's a pretty straight-up retelling of the Trojan War and the events leading thereto. We haven't got to the actual war bit yet, but it's all kind There's of There's a lot of sailing first and a lot of shouting. And a lot of talking to pushing. people who live really far apart from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Oh, did you get Philoxetes? I can't remember. I've just read a list of Greek names, many of which were done in Shakespeare. Food on the island with the gammy leg. Maybe. Oh, that's my favourite bit. It's, um, Just can't get enough gammy legs. It's one of the plays. It's, is it Aeschylus? might be Euripides. But um, you've got Philoxetes who's marooned on the island with a, uh, a gammy leg and a sacred bow, and they need the sacred bow. He, they need to get the bow off him. Mm. Because omens dictate that they will lose battles without the bow. I think it's the bow. They well, need to just keep him in a like, lot of fucking things in this they, story. They, they, need, they need some of the shit they left him with. And okay. he's a whining wee fuck, but he's a whining wee fuck that doesn't deserve to die, as he will do if they take the things. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those kind of tiny, mm. tiny human grubby tragedies. That Why don't they just take him along? It's not like the fox cabbage. He's too gabby. Gabby? Right. Gabby. Yeah, They'll all get leg diseases. He's a proper fucker. They might end up leg disabled. Right. right. Also, he's an asshole. Like, he's a moaning <laughs> bastard. They still doesn't. I mean, they could knock him out or gag him. They just take him and dump him somewhere else. 
where he's not surrounded by wolves. What kind of a life I mean, would I don't, that be for him? I, I, Take him away from everything he's known, all the wolves. Yeah, <laughs> he loves those wolves, and yet he shoots them with a sacred bow that some other dudes need. Welcome to Greek mythology. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that you, know, you necessarily need an underlying logic in mythological stories, because... Well, it's good because there myths, isn't one yeah, all the time. There isn't but I still think that they could have sat there around the campfire going, is he not that much of a bastard? Could we not just have put him on the boat? No, no, this is my story. He, he put him on the boat at the back of all the other fuckers. I think that might be the solution Odysseus comes up with. I can't remember. I mean, Odysseus is meant to be incredibly brave and wise, and we've come up with it in like two seconds on a very stupid podcast. Does that mean we're incredibly brave and wise? No. I think it mu- no, it must. No, it means I think we're having to... We're having to negotiate our, our opinion of Odysseus, which I think we can all say was very high originally, we're having to with all that odysseying he did, he did they named odyssey. it after him, that's how good he was at it I mean this is a decent segue into the fact that one of you fuckers has probably read Odyssey yes I have um, should, should, we, should we talk about that? let's, uh, do we, yeah. we want to talk about the bronze fucker? the bronze fucker's pretty good, the bronze if you have no understanding of Greek mythology as I didn't, slash do not Let's be honest, reading three quarters of a comic hasn't really improved things. How did you get through a degree at Cambridge without doing I was most very of Greek tragic? No, I did most of Greek tragedy. It doesn't require you to have an understanding of mythology in order to track The tragedy, the tragedy stuff only occasionally really hangs off the mythology stuff. It's, yeah. The tragedy stuff is mostly set in the aftermath of the Odyssey and the Iliad. Mm-hmm. It's basically mythic history happened and then these fuckers got shat on. Good afternoon, these fuckers. Mm hmm. It's very easy to do close reading on that shit without knowing anything about it as well. It's very easy to do close reading if you're me on stuff that you haven't actually read. That was pretty much my degree. Yeah. They've given me the fancy extra masters now, so I don't have to lie anymore about my diligence. Or they give you a masters for staying out of jail and staying alive. Those are and not very, having a child out of wedlock. Very minor really? requirements. Though. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a little bastard, Did they don't get the. I don't believe they do. I would love, in the I would love to have that fight. Uh. Yep, Age of Bronze, if you want a nice, fun, fast-paced, quite pretty-to-look-at introduction to the Trojan War, I would say it's probably pretty good. You were going to talk about... Odyssey. Odyssey. It by, an, uh, which a is, on the end? No. Okay. O-D-Y hyphen C. Okay. That. I'm sorry. I, the fact that you don't like it gives me a little flutter. I'll be honest. Whereabouts? Like heart or winky? Heart. Okay. Yeah. Well, that could just be all the cheese you eat. Do a lot of cheese. And um, that would also prevent the thing with the winky. It would, yeah. That's true. Clogged. <laughs> should we talk about this comic? I should have brought the blood thinners. You should have brought the blood thinners. I've been chucking, <laughs> chucking down Warfarin all afternoon. It's the only way I can get through this. <laughs> we could thin him right up. The only medicine of my dad's I didn't choose to inherit was the self-injectable Warfarin. <laughs> the best. Yeah, I've got a hundred codeine tablets though at home. It's going to be great. <laughs> Good times with codeine. I'm not going to poop. In the latest... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so bad when that... Like, if, you, if you're full of enough opiates, yeah. that, like, especially when you're being like, mani- is... managed on a care pathway, you it's just fucking hell. It's concrete down there. It's Impaction City. It's so in, in, the, in the issue of Odyssey that I just read... Uh, they were on the planet of the Lotus Eaters, 
So there's probably a lot of constipation there. It's Ulysses 3031. Yeah, it is. Well, 31, um, 31 is, I can't remember actually. It's the one with the theme tune and the, the art of sex beards. Yeah. Um, basically, it's, it's a retelling of the Odyssey in a sort of sci-fi universe where all men have been killed um, by Zeus who is very angry at pretty much everything all the time kind of his deal her deal her deal yeah it's all oh, gender swap so flippy flip every, everyone is everyone is female or they are this new gender that exists that basically is why they were the things that were created by the, the version of Prometheus that they had in this um, and then it all gets a bit trippy and Prometheus is, is bound to the rock and becomes the planet of the Lotus Eaters and it all goes a bit odd. Does it go to a kind of origin of love place? Not really. It goes to a fucking balls out weird place. Okay. Um, balls out in the sense that all men have been ejected from the story. Um, it is... It's Christian Ward doing the art um, and he does trippy shit. Like you've seen a fair bit of it's stuff. It's swooshy. Swooshy, weird... Did it's do, beautiful, but odd. Did, so, you know the guest issue at the end of Young Avengers? The, yeah, he did the... Chavez, is he yes, that that's him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Matt Fraction wrote it, and it's kind of in prose with minimal dialogue, and it's difficult going. I'm going to stick with it. It's not... It's not... It's not fun, Reed. It's, it's more good than it is fun. Okay. Um, but it's really, really gorgeous. I mean, um, you, are, you are a resident slave to mythology... Yes, I'm bound to my fate, and also a rock. Um, oh, no. I was going to peck out your liver. And eyeballs. It's Which difficult. do you want first? I, d- I broadly don't care. I mean... It's probably better than... No. Do you want to see me do going I... at the liver, or...? I'll hit you. I'll hit you. I assumed he was going to do all of it, given that he's the meat-eater. I'd make an exception in this case. He has been putting a lot of effort into make sure it's foie gras down there as well, so... Good to know. <laughs> I've been feeding you distressing things. Yes, you have. Odyssey, uh, if you like fucking weird stuff, you'll like it. That's, that's what it's like. Cool. What else have you been reading, Dave? So I've read uh, Sing No Evil by J.P. Ahonen and K.P. Alare. Alare, I don't know, they're Finnish. I don't know. It could be anything. Ask Nightwish. Ask what? Nightwish? Yeah, let's get him in here and ask him how to pronounce it. Well, I've brought it up on my my iPad here. It is about metal. Of course. And it's got some fantastic artwork. Um, It looks charming. It is. Look look at them yelling about Satan. I Um, love yelling about Satan. That's quite nice artwork. And it's it's yelling about Satan. Very nice artwork. Um, So it's it's the story of a Finnish metal band called Perkaros who are sort of trying to land a record deal and it sort of follows their, um, their initially oh, lead shit, singer. I forgot to see We Are The Best when it was out. The comic that that's based on is being reissued as well. I didn't know it was based on a comic. Well, it is. I shall read it. Excellent. I don't know what it's called. It might be We Are The Best. I don't know. I'll look it up. Did he have anything else to say about Yes, I did, evil? but he just talked over me. Like he did, it was rude. If you'd been a woman, it would have been totally unacceptable. Yeah. Ms. Andre. It was pretty unacceptable as was, to be honest. <laughs> um, so it's, it's sort of a... It's one of those early 20s coming-of-age stories, like learning how to navigate, doing the stuff that you want to do while not being a dick to everyone around you. But also, there's a battle of the bands, and there are demons to fight, and um, 
it's kind of like a really compressed Scott Pilgrim in I a was, way. That was where I went to, first um, of all. Less fighting, less Not stylized stuff. It just, you know, it's it's really quite sweet and a lot of fun. Um, so it's just got full of little weird, nice touches as well. Like inexplicably, all drummers are animals of various sorts. Like theirs is a giant bear. The, one of the other bands, it's a very, very angry badger. Um, <laughs> It's never explained. It's never really talked about. It just it just happens. Um, it's just it's, the artwork is beautiful. I'm not sure how art and writing and everything like that is divided between the two. It doesn't really seem to say. But um, I think uh, J.P. Hone is the main artist and the, does all of the writing, as far as I can tell. But then the coloring is also very nice. It's basically a, a beautiful book with lots of absolutely insane artwork in it. What kind of format are we talking? Is this a trade or...? It's a trade, yeah. Um, uh, it's actually insanely cheap as well. Uh, it's 9.99, and everyone should buy it. It's just lovely. It's just something that I've really, really enjoyed. I would, I would like to apply it to my eyes and mind. Well, you can. Do you own the meat um, copy? I do own the meat copy. Glorious. Roger? Sorry, what was the question? Roger, what have you been reading? Oh, um, so, I... Have... I know the way that you, you make it sound like you didn't know you were going to be asked that. Like, this is... My the turn, what her? The 32nd Sorry. time we've done this, you knew you were going to be asked. I, I have never had visual relations with that comic, Stray Bullets. You read Stray Bullets by David Lapham? I did, by the good Mr. Lapham. Where did you start with it? Because this is something that's just, just come back after a long hiatus. Did you start at the um, very beginning? It was The Innocence of Nihilism, which I think is the first collection. Yeah. Uh, I read it on a train to Lincoln. Don't go to Lincoln, it's kind of dull. Um, that's a nice coffee, though. How, how was it? How was the comic? Not Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so Stray Bullets is amazing, but, but it's genuinely horrible. So it's a series of little sort of crime... I wouldn't go so far as to say noir. It, it feels like the grubby end of true crime elevated to something great. Um, it's got an almost, it's got that kind of true crimey, almost voyeuristic focus on the sort of criminal details and the sort of underlying social dysfunction. Um, some of the characters are a little bit thin, but it sort of ends up not mattering because the ones that are well sketched are really well sketched. It um, and it's bleak. It is bleak as all hell. That there's no the good guys don't win, the bad guys don't win either. There's no unifying moral or narrative logic to the universe. The only thing there is kind of driving it forwards is a sense of the momentum of, and the distortion created in the wake of pathology. So horrifying things touch people's lives and it ripples outwards and has effects and we trace some of those connections. But nothing, nothing works, nothing goes right for anyone. And where there are happy endings, they are heavily refracted. Um, so one of the one of the lines of storytelling is there's a little girl who it's a series of vignettes. There's a little girl who witnesses a brutal murder, and um, is talked into keeping quiet about it by her big sister because her big sister doesn't, or someone I think, or babysitter I think it's a big sister who doesn't want to get busted for having been cheating on her boyfriend or having been like any, doing something vaguely transgressive. I, I was skim-reading that one because I was so horrified by the previous one. Um, and then the, um, the little girl basically goes, goes silent and becomes withdrawn and it's very, very weird. And she pops up later in another story 
where her sort of silence and withdrawn nature leads to her getting horribly bullied in class and she snaps one day and jabs a pencil into one of her aggressors and then on Halloween the kids, the friends of the, the kids that were picking on her basically dress up and knife her in the woods and leave her for dead and these are like seven, eight year old kids maybe early teens but like young kids and then she pops up towards the end of the collection and she's not dead, but she's just run away from home and she gets into a car with this weird, super creepy stranger who, given the momentum the book's built up at this point, we're fairly sure is going to, like, yeah, full-on yeah. sex, crime and murder. Um, well, I mean, in the title Stray Bullet suggests yeah. that it's around the, uh, the incidental, yeah. the fallout. The collateral but damage. The, the guy who, the super creepy guy in the car, turns out to be running for election and delivers her back to her horrifying family for a PR photo op. Right. So, you've got these wonderful competing stories of, even though like running away from home and all the things that could have gone wrong are not necessarily great, her attempt to flee the horrendous life she's trapped in is completely thwarted by this brutal, ugly, grubby PR machine world. And this, this is the sort of moral and narrative logic that the book has. It just it shows you horrifying wrong turns and the hideous, unthinking, horrible capriciousness of a grubby little world. And it's really tough reading and it's really unpleasant. So the, the opening story is two, two like low-end gang members disposing of a body. And it becomes increasingly obvious that one of them, who's a little bit developmentally challenged, has developed a fixation with the dead lady in the back of the trunk. And this, he becomes progressively more attached to the point of basically going off the deep end and killing a bunch of people. Um, like Robert Oppenheimer. Structurally different. But <laughs> it, For legal reasons, I need to state that we mean fake Robert Oppenheimer, not real Robert Oppenheimer. In case the estate of Robert Oppenheimer comes after us. Those fuckers are litigious. Are they litigious, we fucks? I have no idea. Well, we shouldn't speculate that they might be in case they are. Yeah, what if they are? Well done, Dave. These are the hideous consequences of a moment's thoughtless action. A lot like stray bullets. God, we're good at this. No, it's, it's grubby. It's horrible. And I really recommend you read it. The art is clean and simple. It's scratchy black and white. It's clean, but simplistic black and white. And it's just horrible stories of horrible things that trace this array of little connections. And it's absolutely brilliant, but bloody hell, it's difficult. Criminal by um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips is similar. Um, and that's certainly um, the first volume's just been reissued this week by Image um, thanks to the new Image embargo on Phillips and Brubaker or possibly the other way around I can't tell I think they might own the company now um, and the, the, certainly the first volume of that is about a guy who basically has been it's called Coward and it's about a guy who basically ran away from the crime rather than getting sent down with everyone else and now no mm. one will work with him Mm. Um, and it's the sort of slightly desperate consequences of that. Mm. Um, it's more noir in tone. It's not. It's not designed to be real world, but it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot more real world than a lot of things like that. So sim- similar sort of thing. It's also uh, the Stribblets also has this really weird surreal interlude with Millie or Molly race car, um, who's a sort of. Um, Bonnie and Clyde style gangster analogue who kind of ends up accidentally destroying the world. It's a very surreal interlude in the middle of it that's just bizarre and delightful. What else have you been reading? 
Oh, I took a little dip into Wiktiv. Um, For change? Well, because we we, we, uh, we we divved our Wik good and proper last week. We but, need the uh, page views. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on it, but... Um, if you... Um, I'd only read up the first trade, and then I picked up... Um, Six and seven. And there's a fun little gear change. It's um, it's still good. There's weird sex prints. Um, there's some very nice graphic design influences. And, and then seven is very interesting. There's there's a lot of shading of the background. So the stuff we speculated about in the last podcast and in the article, some of it's kind of fleshed out a bit, and we were right about some stuff and wrong about others. My oh, favourite thing about issue seven is how much of an egregious little dick splash Woden turns out to be. He is basically Reddit guy. Yeah, he's an entitled he is, Reddit kid who's been given godly power, essentially. He's internet nice guy. He is, he is like... Is he an MRA? Yeah, he's, he's Captain Friendzone. He's like, I'm the nice guy and I'm finishing last. I am resentful of all of my privilege. Women owe me I know nothing favors. but structural power. Yeah. He is... He's a fucking software developer, right? Like, he's... he's He's someone that's been been handed precisely everything, but regards himself as a hard done by underdog. I like that. I did really like it because I think most most of the other girls that we've seen it's been sort of the pop star personality first, mm. and with him it's just the the complete asshole. That He's he just is. a shit. Yeah, and it would be my favorite thing about it is that actually the structural problem is quite interesting. It would be possible to feel sorry for him if you weren't such a cunt about it. So the situation where... So his grievance being, I got given godly powers, but I personally get nothing. He can make other people powerful. Um, basically, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, juiced-up analogue of the standard nerd problem of being aggrieved at being denied the privilege that other little white boys have. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, not all nerds are white, not all nerds are boys, but you take the archetype. Um, and there is, there could be something interesting there if you weren't such a cunt about it, which is, as the one of the pantheon that doesn't get to be conventionally godlike, he doesn't get the extra agency. Although I think part of the interesting point is that they don't actually have any extra agency. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get the things that superficially looks like they should have, and his not realizing that it's also shit for them is a quite nice way of, mm-hmm. of, of showing that interplay. Yeah, there's also some reflexive stuff in his speech patterns that mm-hmm. sort of suggest that. He knows that he's a shit and sort of cares about it, but also is not going to change. It's, yeah, it's delightful assholery and it's quite nicely done. So, well, it's it's time now for, for Agony Ant-Man, um, which in case anyone didn't know, was a pun on Agony Ant. It's pretty good, right? Pretty good. Uh, and we collectively are, the, are this Gestalt Ant-Man. Gestalt the Troy. Damn it. Sorry. So, what what did you say we were going to do? We we're going to mock their furrowed nonsenses. Yes. Not well, nonsense. Not nonsense. No nonsense. We're not, not mocking nonsense. Not mock we, we provide no succor for those sorts. Um, I, I will not clean them. I will not scrub them. I will not mock them. I may dirty them, but only from a distance. I, I Having was, made this, I would strongly advise them to seek psychiatric help. Hmm? Yes, that's 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 more. That's the good answer. I was just suggesting we throw dirt at them. Clods. <laughs> well, it could be both. You generally default to clods as your solution to most things. That's why I do the podcast with you guys. Clodcast. <laughs> Having established, I think. 
quite comprehensively in that segment that we are people who have not only got every qualification required to answer any personal problem people may have, but have in fact perfected our own lives. We've made brilliant life choices. Can, we are. can, I, um, can, I, can I expound on my qualifications? Yeah. I, I am so fucked up in the head that my therapist once suggested I do some therapy exercises she normally uses with bereaved children. That's how fucked I am. Let us tell you what to do. I drink far too much and have an eating disorder. I live on my own with a cat. So, with those caveats... Caveats. Caveats? Caveats, that's a good one. We also have a terrible love of wordplay. Terrible or wonderful? It's portmontastic. Oh, let's just answer the fucking questions. Our first question comes from Steph in London. Hello, Steph. Hello, Steph. Hello, Steph. What is what is Steph's sad backstory? Well, she started listening to the podcast whilst recovering from an injury, which to my mind means she kind of got shat on twice by the universe. Not only was she injured in the first place, but also she had to listen to us morons whilst recuperating. So, Steph. Yeah, why would, why would you do that, Steph? You just... We're off. Bad, clearly, bad people. Clearly, Steph needs a lot of help. Yeah. From us. Who we have already established are awful people. It's a bit like Stockholm Syndrome at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we can't help with that. Steph's question is thus. Okay, Agony Armand, my folks want me to grow my hair, wear makeup, dress pretty, be a, quotes, proper girl. I won't, but it's sad anyway, and I can't keep responding with fuck that shit. How not to swear or shout about the patriarchy? We don't know. Um, I, I recommend swearing and shouting about the patriarchy. I do it every day. It needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I broadly agree with that. I mean, I'm a grotesque, privileged beneficiary of the patriarchy, and I still think it needs a fucking kicking. Do we have any advice from the world of comics to give to Steph? Um, I mean, there's some really interesting negotiation of gendered identity performance in Pregnant Butch. This is true. Which you could read and it might make you feel better about it. And particularly there's a very interesting... This might be too far the other way, but there's an interesting negotiation of female masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't give you any solid tips for telling patriarchic expectations of your family to tactfully go fuck themselves. No, it seems to be... It's also they're coming very much from a place of we already had to negotiate the fact that we were gay and then mm. going to have a baby as well as the whole butch presentation thing. Whereas just kind of... They've got more groundwork laid down than maybe mm. you do. You can probably pick and choose. But if true, it's true, of... but as in it's, it's, it's less one thing in a long line and more how do I do this for the first time, which pregnant butch yeah. kind of feels like you come into the middle of the story almost. In a weird sort of way, it may also be tougher to have a, a reasoned kind of... So with, with the queer experience version, there are there are precedents for female masculinity, and there are stereotypes to hang your hat off if you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, I'm a reasonably conventional. I, I'm making assumptions here, and this may not be true. But, um, the scenario: I'm a reasonably conventional heterosexual female, but I do not wish to play at any of the femininity. Will you please stop bothering me about it? Actually, doesn't have any of the little glib cultural affordances that help you there. No, it's it's. And the trouble we have is the cultural affordances you do have if you're a woman who doesn't want to play into that. You get into the kind of, she's middle-aged and doesn't look after herself territory. They're very Oof, negative connotations that's, that's rather than, you know, it's, it's, it's toxic stuff rather than, mm. it's okay, you can wear camouflage pants and people will like you. There must be comics about this. So you could buy copies of um, Julia Shields' comic, I Don't Like My Hair Need, and leave those lying around as a statement. Mm-hmm. 
I believe that's also covered in there. Yeah. Um, Young Avengers has a fair bit about dealing with parents, and it's not even necessarily about how people interact with their parents in um, yeah in a, in a conflicty way, except for the fact that they like to fight them. The, um, yeah, but the advice there is basically have magic powers. Mm. Which is also an option. You and fuck Captain Marvel. That. Marvel Boy. Marvel Boy. Sorry. Marvel, yeah. Boy. Marvel, Boy. Marvel Boy. Everyone loves Captain Marvel. Yeah, they do. Rightly so. Yeah, Actually, no, do. there's probably some good... So, the, the new the Ms. Marvel run, there's probably some really solid identity stuff in that. Um, there's a little bit, yeah. That's sort of about negotiating um, a religious identity and sort of fairly conservative, but, you mm. know, loving and well-meaning parents. But also religious um, identity, which is very much presentational. It's not, I go to church, but you might not know it. Kind of. Yes, yeah, but it's it is, but it's about being seen, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, there's plenty of stuff in there. You're so right. I haven't, I haven't read. I don't like my enemies. Is it? Good? It's good. Um, it's good. It's little vignette bits. It's it's basically a collection of Julia Shield stuff mm. for a while. She's also got. Um, she started a uh, essentially a feminist comics press, which I've um, forgotten the name of. I'm afraid, but I think it was them that published. Um, is it fairy tales for bad bitches that mm. everyone was mm. recommending? This has nothing to do with the question. It's just that there's some good feminist comics around. You might enjoy those. Precisely. Do we have a non-comics answer? Like an actual answer to this question? We don't know your parents or your life story apart from that bit where you got injured and then the hospital radio piped us in. So it's very difficult to negotiate anything like that without detail. Yeah, the hospital DJ must have been having a mad seizure. Not as bad as the guy who decided Lonely This Christmas was a suitable thing to play in the ICU waiting room in late November. Fucking hell. So I think, I think the, 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 the advice is read more comics and try and ignore it. Which um, is kind of, I think, going to be a theme in our advice, maybe. It is. The other advice, as, oh, as Agony Man is, have you tried shrinking down to a thousandth of your original size and punching it with super strength? I mean, they wouldn't see you if you did that, and you could just punch the patriarchy away without having your identity commented on. Yeah, you could also join an ant colony, which has somewhat different gender paradigms. That's true. That's true. It does. Um, I think what we're trying to say is you've got options. You've got options. Ant options. I have a question here from Chris in Cambridge. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris in Cambridge. Is this friend of the podcast, Chris? Yes, this is... This is theme tune composer Chris he, he bought a brick with his name on it and he also sponsored a penguin that's how he gets to be called friend of the podcast he does or am I confusing that with Cheshire Zoo no no it's the Tim Burton era penguin as well it was one of the kind of classy weird ones Chris asks my life is an endless bleak litany of despair and misery what oh. comic should I read to cheer myself up blankets I misunderstood the premise of the question did I not <laughs> Chris has had my copy of Blankets for the last two years. He has had every fucking opportunity to read Blankets. Maybe that's what he needs in his life and he's just not willing to admit it. True. Maybe maybe Blankets is the first step. It's not the first step. It's not the first step to any sort of cheering us at all. It's one to be do stepped you, away from. You, I mean, this, this is quite easy, right? He's, he's put it in a fairly straightforward way. He wants to read happy comics or comics that will cheer him up. Rat Queens. Rat Queens is fucking great. It's full of lunacy and drugs. Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. With her gigantic squirrel ass. It's just charming. There's nothing not to love Brilliant. about it. I put that on my list. Did you both pick it up after the last podcast? Um, no, but I really want to because it's awesome. I just read it on your iPad when you handed it to me. 
That's pretty good. Um, Kate Beaton has a new uh, collection coming out, and she's also just published a children's book about the fat pony, which I think both will probably be charming and cheering when mm. they're available in your hands. Soon. New children's books. So um, this is this is a little bit controversial, but um, not if you want, if you want something not necessarily cheerful, but that will take you down, bring you back up again, and just be fucking affirming. Seriously, stuck rubber baby. Yeah, very much so. It'll it'll take you pretty far down, but then you get you that, that oof, back up. Rising like a majestic bird. Mm. Or, or a wiener. It is more rising like a majestic wiener. Atomic Robo. I'm going to suggest Atomic Robo. Less wiener. Less wiener. Fewer majesty. He doesn't even have one. Um, but very fun. Very and, fun. And kind of very positive. If you want to read about someone else's misery to distract you from your own, you could always read The Hypo, which mm. is the mm. um, Lincoln biography about him having sort of mercury treatments to try and relieve his suicidal misery mm. and the fact that he was having troubles with the wife so yes if you, if you like old to lose Todd. yourself in the you know, old crazy Mary Todd um, yeah that girl yeah yeah. I'm going to suggest um, DC The New Frontier um, it's uh, basically a retelling of all of DC comics mm. from set in just post the Korean War so early 1950s onwards um, in a similar vein, All-Star Superman. Yeah. It's All-Star big, Superman. it's goofy, it's colourful. It's lovely. Um, it's also very, very good at nailing the actual useful bits of Superman. It's Quietly, isn't it? It's Yeah, it's Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly, and it's insanely positive. Um, a touch of Flex Mentallo. Flex Mentallo is very positive, and again, that goes down through some nasty shit and back up. Um, uh, it's also very, very smart. Yeah. Uh, as is... The rewritten version of it, Joe the Barbarian. Um, I love Joe the Barbarian. That's a great book. It looks fantastic as well. This this one's kind of obvious. My cardboard life, um, or soppy anything by Philippa Rice is essentially affirming and will will lift your troubled spirits. Vandette as well. Vandette mm, mm, is lovely. That's fun. Would it be worth a, a, a spot of asterisks? Ooh, I classic. Think so. mm. I think so. It would also be worth a spot of Chloe Noonan. Oh, shit, yes. You can get your Noonan right on. I mean, it's basically like watching all of the good bits of Buffy in about 30 minutes. Yes, and it's one of the few things that will actually make you faintly nostalgic for a teenagedom you maybe never had if you weren't very happy Mm. as a teenager. This one's completely uncontroversial. Basically anything by John Allison. Mm. Happy feelings. Yeah, all right. Yeah, basically anything. Anything else? You people? Well, I don't really enjoy being happy, so I'm not good on recommending stuff for mm. this. I've tried. It wasn't for me. Being happy, not recommending stuff. I've tried recommending okay. stuff. I'm going to carry on doing that probably throughout the podcast and beyond. You're doing good. Well. good. Thanks. I'm going to say one last thing, which is um, Double Barrel. What um, is that? It's a comics compendium by um, two people whose surname is Cannon. They're not related, but they're both called Canon. Fine. Yeah, there you go. You get it. Double barrel. You see, one Canon, two Canon, double barrel. Oh, um... He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He couldn't ever get it. Okay. Um, Will-O-The-Wisp is genuinely charming and lovely as well. You mean the voodoo thing, The voodoo thing, not Kenneth Williams. Not Kenneth Williams being, yeah. A very effete forest spirit. Yeah. Will you tell me more about this charming voodoo? 
Um, it was on one of the podcasts. I will happily lend you it. It is you were there. the story there. of a little orphan girl called Aurora Grimnayon who goes to live with her grandfather in a hoodoo swamp. That's also in one of the bits of my brain that lithium ate. Yeah. You should read it. It's got, got a hole in the middle. Of it's got a fun little clasp on it. Ooh. It's a slightly indulgent piece of publishing design, and I'm worried that because my bookshelves are quite tight packed, mm. it might wreck up the place. But, Does it get mm. bothersome while you're reading, or is it inobtrusive? It's okay. It's lovely, though. It's a nice publishing design. Glossy. Very glossy. Yeah. Do you like a nice book? Mm. It smells good as well. It's kind it's of why we're here. Aside. It doesn't smell quite as good as Mulp. <clears throat> Mulp is your best smelling book of 2014. It is. You're a deranged. Top of the best smellers list. Before we go on, <laughs> talking, of, talking of nice smelling books, I want to throw this at you, but in deference to uh, years of friendship and your various lithium-induced memory conditions, I'm not going to throw it at you, even though you won't remember, because Don't I'm a better person. Me. I'm not I can throw sellotape at you if you want, if it would make you feel better. Knock around the head might do me good. There we go. Sellotape is thrown, people. It's all kicking off. Before we go on to the next question... Uh, Nobrow just launched uh, an iOS app for their stuff, which is lovely because they produce so many very pretty books. And it's a content app, but it's not shit. Yeah, so I basically saw they were launching one and went, why the hell would I want to buy that? Because all of their um, physical books are so lovely. They put a Mm. hell of a lot of time into production design. Uh, And it turns out the reason I want to buy it is because they've actually thought about what digital is usefully for. which is when you're reading it you can jump up and down through various layers when it's applied so for example he's cracking out the ipad cracking out the ipad i do have the ipad i'm reading from it it's not like i'm just going hey i've got an ipad you fuck he does have an ipad there us fucks i have a microsoft surface i've got a um nexus 7 so we're well represented across the different stacks so here we go we're now looking at luke pearson's hilda folk which luke pearson stuff all of luke pearson stuff is a good happy comic. Mm. We're still kind of there. Very true. But you can like the wibbly. Ooh, ooh. flip up and down oh. through various levels of inking and penciling. No, he definitely did a sad and one. And then through the roughs. He did do a sad one. The, uh, Hilda and the Black Dog? No. Um, That's really smaller, good. Smaller, older. Oh, yeah. That, that was, that, I think that was his university, um, that was his thesis. Okay. And that got published by No Browns. Well. It was sad. That it is. was sad. It was everything we miss. Yes, everything we miss. Um, Lithium holes. <laughs> But yeah, you can you can base it, if you want to see that sort of how things are put together in this. You can jump through the thumbnails, up through pencil and the ink stuff, and then on that the is final lovely, charming. And on different ones, you can see sort of flatted versions. You can see part coloring. You can see color separation from printing. So, if you're the sort of nerd who gets off on that shit, as I clearly am, that's that's nice to have. It's making me all moist under the collar. Mm-hmm. Chris, we hope you're happy now. We hope you're happy. Read Luke Pearson. Not everything we miss. Not that one. All the Hilda but stuff. All the Hilda stuff. Yeah. I have a question. Is it from you or is it from a reader? It's from a reader. I was going to get to that. Okay. I just talk slower than you guys. That's fair enough. I have, a reader, uh, I have a question from Adam in Cambridge. The question is, he didn't say Dear Agony Ant-Man, but Dear Agony Ant-Man, is Schrodinger's cat alive or dead? For your information, the box is lead line, so back off Superman and your cheating X-ray vision. Is Schrodinger's cat dead or alive? No. No. That's the fucking point. Next. Read Blacksad. Blacksad's a good comic about cats. I was going to say, if you want comics about quantum physics, uh, Infinite Vacation. Yes. Is fantastic. Again, Christian Ward. 
Uh, and again, Nick Spencer. So I, I would say yes, read Infinite Vacation and read Black Sad and don't really worry about the box. Maybe King Cat if you want more cat action. Any comics about boxers? Smuts there's, next there's the boxer. <laughs> there's, there's the boxer. It's not about a box, but it's about a man who boxes, which is the verb. Um, Boxador. It's, a, it's about, I can't remember the, the artist, but it's about a guy who survived the Holocaust boxing in one of the concentration camps. Went that to America. Horrifying. And Recommend it to apart. Chris. Yeah, don't. No, don't, no, skip that one. Skip that one. Um, that's, that's all I can think about about boxes. Uh, except all the new God stuff, which has the mother box, in, which is like a flying iPhone, basically. And in. That goes bing, bing, bing. In Season of Mists, the fourth installment of Sandman, the domain of order is represented by a cardboard box. Those are your box comics, your boxes options. Wonderful. This next question is from Kira in Edinburgh. Hello, Kira. Hello, Kira in Edinburgh. Listeners from cities all over the United Kingdom. Yes. We have more than one listener. Several that are not Cambridge. It says, Dear idiots, slash... Agony Ant-Mans. Well, who's the fucking idiot? It, it internalizes. The, the plural is internal. It's Ant-Men. Mm. What is one to do when one is internet dating, but basic spelling by prospective partners is a necessity? Abandon all hope. Give up, die single. Kira has presented a couple of, uh, of actual messages she has been provided by potential suitors. Um, we cannot replicate spelling over the. We can't, radio. but I can. I can stumble over my pronunciation in a way that is hopefully evocative of the absolute failure of communication these men have provided. You can give it a good go. Hello, how is you? I seen and read your profile. I and yes, I actually find very read very interesting. I am from Bathgate. Congratulations, Anonymous from Bathgate. Well, I made him wow. Anonymous just in case. I, I don't know, that guy might be a listener, who knows? It seems unlikely. Statistically unlikely, but who knows? Uh, not, not because we assume he doesn't like comics, but because we have no listeners. If, he, if he is listening, somebody. he's knowing he probably doesn't have any chance with that message that he sent to that girl from yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also that he really needs to buck up his fucking game as far as the English language goes. We're not going to shame him by outing. No, we're not. Going to shame him. We're just going to shame everything else about. We're him. not going to shame him. I'm not. Going to, I'm not going to read the other one because it has identifying information. So we, we've all done a bit of internet dating, right? I believe we have. Have we? No. Okay. I've have not. You not? I, no, I never have. So I'm going to have to leave this one to you. Too. We can make your partners through conventional mm. means. You're yeah, I'm very old-fashioned. Mm. Um, and and alone. <laughs> it's rough, though, right? I mean, it works. No, ultimately, no, he's no, alone. Right. We're not. Yeah, I mean, I had somebody whose opening gambit was, I want to turn you over, pull your panties down and spank you. That was message number one. That's a wow, that's bold opening gambit. Yeah. And I, I've spent time on Grindr. And so the, the, the traditional flow of a Grindr conversation is, hey mate, what you into? Usually with the character too. This is like the old-fashioned ASL. Yeah, it's... I think with Grindr you have much more kind of sexual openness. The problem with Tinder, yeah. which I haven't used myself, but I've got friends who've used it, is that there's this whole veneer that it's sort of more like OkCupid. Okay but not. the sex comes out a lot quicker. So I had a friend recently who agreed to a date with a young gentleman, only for him to immediately suggest a threesome, which is moving too fast. I once talked to someone on Grindr who... Um... We, we, we would exchange a few messages and it, it was it was reasonably reasonably fine um, and he picked up that I was some kind of geek and had generalised from there to being his kind of geek um, 
And his, his gambit there was to send me a picture of his asshole. Um, and then say, I'm going to come over there, kick your ass at COD, which I assume was Call of Duty, and fuck you real hard. literally fish. And <laughs> um, I, I just, I thought, well, you know, I don't really play FPSs, thank you kindly. Also, um... I, you find I, them terrifying and confusing. I am somewhat unwooed by your bumhole. Um, yeah, g- generally I think you may have misunderstood this transaction. How close to the camera was it? Could you tell it's a bumhole or could it have been sort of like a dying star imploding on itself? <laughs> A very fleshy star. <laughs> I think we may have strayed. His grammar was impeccable. I think the problem I had with the um, with the with the spank you on the first message chap was was panties. If you'd yeah. said your extremely functional Marks and Spencer's full size briefs, I'd have been all over it. I'm now having a horrifying horrifying flashback to that Mario thing. That Mario thing. We'll put the it very, in the, show very, notes. the very best thing that was ever posted on Craigslist. Um. I think I know I do remember this. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Lithium spared that one. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> so, Pulled us out of the lithium abyss at the last minute. I'm not aware of any comics about online dating, but there must be some. There absolutely must be. It sort of seems like something that would have come up recently is probably as part of diary comics. True, true. Um, I guess the question is what happens if you ignore the people that can't fucking ride? I did, and are you, are you it worked out fine. Well, yes, you, you have a lovely young, young gentleman. I do, and he's, um, you know, his grammar was excellent. That was mm. part of the reason he got through the strict screening process. He's all Lissom and Elizabethan and shit. That's true, he would look good in a rough. And a yes, a scrawny fucker. Rough trade. Ooh. <laughs> rough and tumble. <laughs> Just sounds like we bring dogs in. So, what, what we're essentially saying is that Gary is correct to prioritise grammar above all else. Shun the non-believers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's probably a Venn diagram, right? You want, like, a certain degree of hot and bothered feelings that you might be willing to offset against a certain amount of poor grammar. There's a... Yes. But generally, I, I mean, my, my understanding is that eloquence and understanding of, you know, written conventions and norms correlate quite strongly with characteristics I'm looking for in a person such as intelligence, literacy, you know, all that good stuff. Not necessarily. There are probably plenty of people out there who, well, I mean, I work for some of them. They're perfectly intelligent. They can't write a fucking sentence to save their lives. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of recruitment at the moment, and it has similar structural oh, problems. Oh, so few humans can do it. I mean, I'm not expecting to be touched around the fun parts, but I am expecting to make someone a job offer at some point. And there are some great, exciting, interesting people Would who can't fucking communicate. Would it make you more or less likely to offer them the job? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Cast and couch. What if, but what if the technique was particularly good? What if they tickled you just right? Well, that would be weird in an interview, because I'm not interviewing on my own, right? I'm there with colleagues who are sometimes a bit more severe. No, but I, I don't think you have, like, you have to... like a special cough where they know to leave, because someone's reached under the table and grabbed you. To leave or I, to join I, in? I, I tend to sit quite That's far away. That's a different away. cough. I don't want to... There's two notes higher. One, one's a bird call. I yeah. don't want to get too close to the candidates for that. It, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's unprofessional. You have experimented with sitting directly on their laps, and it's not gone well for anyone. HR had a word with me mm. about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that the problem that our that our good friend Kira is going to have is that she likely has. I mean, she works in editing. She's probably got similar standards to me, and my standards are ludicrously high when it comes to the written word. Sort of, you know, higher than ninety eight percent of people would hope to achieve. That's going to narrow down your pool. 
Also, if I mean, if this this is the first impression someone's going to give you, they might as well take a fucking moment. It's almost like yeah, it's, it's, it's writing fucking it's, effort. It's writing your fucking cover letter. Yeah. And it's your CV. It's if you don't want to do well now, you clearly don't give a shit about doing well at all. Yeah, and just approaching with, and again, this was grinder, but no strings attached. Fuck mate? Question mark M eight. When he says fuck mate, is he talking to you or putting himself up as a fuck mate with a yes. hyphen? Unclear. Which I mean, he wouldn't have used a hyphen because uh, uh, people never fucking compound their adjectives. I wasn't going to go I with do. it. I'm obsessive about it, but then I'm an editor half the time anyway. Well, exactly. I don't think we're the we're not the people to say relax and let yeah. go in answer this to this question. I very little sex off grinder. Yeah. Easier not to grind. That and the fact that you were living in suburban Cambridge meant you probably knew half the people on there anyway. Well, yes, it was people I'd met already, or students with very poor English. Mm. In conclusion, bloody young as well. I just mm. didn't want to. In conclusion, stick to your guns, uh, and comics can't really help you here. But you could read some Bizarro. That's got some really shitty grammar in it. Yeah, because he speaks backwards. It's funny. That would help you express your hate glands. Mm. That's true. Is it like a dog? So we have to sort of milk them. Yeah. And they're near the bum hole. Sometimes. But you can pay a vet to do it. That's true. You can pay a vet to do it. A lot of people do it themselves. Labour of love. Sticky labour of love. Squeezing hormones out of your dog's anus. Yeah. I don't want to... I never did that when I had a dog. Do I... Well, we hope this has helped. Do I talk about the anus like a disproportionate amount on this podcast? A, to like what's normal in real life, and B, to what's acceptable on a comics podcast? Not more than real life. (laughs) The other one... Well, we're not piling on listeners, put it that way. As it were. Pile driving? I was going to a pile's place. Okay, yeah, 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 that works too. That does work. It was an unintentional pun on my part. I wish I'd uh, picked that up. I would have given it a little spin so that everyone knew that's where I was aiming. So it would glint when the sun caught it in the distance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Damn. Majestic dawn moon. Over a distended anus. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're good at this. (laughs) (laughs) where should we go next our next question comes from the faraway land of America oh shit we're an international questions podcast yeah yeah we are Fuck. this one I'll be honest is probably going to be quite difficult to answer Uh, this one is from Lucy in Portland hello Lucy surprise Dear sirs, rude. Yeah. I was okay, recently. De- I was recently declared to be a balloon full of voles by a man on the internet. Is this condition treatable by modern science? If not, do you have any promising career paths to suggest for a fledgling fe- fleet of helium-high rodents? A balloon full of voles. Mm. I think your best bet is to sort of. Find yourself a, a Jules Verne. Find yourself someone who will chronicle your adventures. So I mean, it's not voles, but Mulp is all about the rodents having adventures. As is Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Squirrel Girl. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of rodents. A lot of rodent comics out There's there. a lot of adventure rodent comics that you could seek solace from. Yeah. That's true, you can or, read about your kind and To learn. be perfectly honest, you are a comic book artist, just do one yourself. Yeah. We'd read it. We'd review it. We would. We would. We would read the shit out of that. I think a lot of people would. Magical balloon full of voles. I think people would love that shit. We've laid down the gauntlet. I think there's only one possible repast. Yeah. 
You need to do your sad, budgy comic, and Lisa can do a balloon full of voles. I need an artist for the sad, budgy comic. No, 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 no. Just like a a shape with a beak. You could do something like dinosaur comics with clip art. I could do, but I feel like it's a cop out, and also I just don't want to spend that long in paint. No, no one does. No. No one does. I don't think we solved that, did we? Um, no, but we managed to pass it off as though we did, which I think yeah. is kind of the point of the podcast. Well, I'm not it's aware of there being a cure for being a balloon full of bowls. I mean, it sounds broadly made up. Yeah, it's the ramblings of an idiot. Did, was it you? Honest. Did you say a horrible thing to Lucy? How dare you? Are you, in fact, a bastard? So I've got a question here from John in Cambridge. Hello, John. What-o? John's question is this. Help. I am chronically English and will die old and alone, eaten by my own cats. Are you sure you didn't do that yourself? That's not technically a question. It's, it's, a, it's a plea for help. help. He says, it's not a question, it's an exclamation. Yeah, true, true. He probably also said, Dear Agony Ant-Man. A lot of people are very rude and don't include that in the letters. I assume this is some but very John modern is, thing. But John is a, a solid, sturdy writer and would have done so. so. It's as though they don't respect what we're trying to do here, though. It's unbelievable shit, isn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, comics about dying alone. I mean, all of Robert Crumb. Oh, all of most all of, of Robert, them. Robert Crumb's been married twice. Robert Crumb is currently married to Maria Linsky Crumb. And they live happily in France, making awful comics about people with big thighs. Thigh comics. Yeah, the thigh comics. Phonics. Dying Alone comics. I feel like this should sort of be my specialty. The problem, as we've already established, is that the theme is eating a hole in my brain. Dying Alone comics, Chris Ware. Chris Ware comics are about people being old and sad and dying. They don't really offer much in the way of solace or solution because they are miserable and broadly poking fun at. What about being either very English or being eaten by your cat? Well, my theory, if, if, you want to, if you want to reverse the situation, if you want to trap a mate... Now, it's my understanding that John is a man who knows his birds of prey. Could he not command one to snatch a lady for him and bring it to his home and then keep her there? Well, this sounds like it could go horrifyingly wrong, and I'm not sure we can we should advocate it. See, I've just been reading Age of Bronze, where a lot of women are just sort of snatched, and that's kind of culturally acceptable. And I'm thinking, well, hey, why not? Mm, not not by birds of prey, though, because I think the biggest bird of prey in the Mediterranean is the eagle, and they're not going to carry anyone off. Well, I suppose you've got the harpy. You could get a team of them, though. Team of them. Could you train a team of eagles to snatch a lady? It could be a small lady. I mean, we don't we didn't say she had to be full size. The Ecuadorian condor size. has a massive wingspan, though. It's not really a bird of prey. So that's that's just, just the one in Cities of Gold. Yeah, that's not real, though. Shush. That's not real at Don't all. Don't destroy my childhood. There's a new series out. I have to go. Bye, Roger. So, let, let's... Okay, right, let's break this down. Chronically English. Are there any comics that will help you be less English? Or, or, or more sanguine about it? Um, I, I would posit that there are the um, Industrial Revolution section of Journey into Mystery will help you uh, mm. embrace the North as well as the whole fey Celtic uh, nonsense, being as it is a story about the Industrial Revolution coming alive and demanding its place in Britain's mythical pantheon. You could which also, is um, sorry. Kind of my thing. Well, you could yeah. read from Hell as well mm. and see the horror that this nation might have wrought, maybe, if it was interpreted in a certain way. You could read The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which will help you laugh at our kind of cultural self-caricature. 
It sounds like you need Alan Moore, basically. Yeah. Or, um... Would it be helpful to get some, some Talbots in there? I was going to say, The Adventures of Luther Arkwright. Um, there's definitely some uh, some hatred of empire in that. Mm-hmm. Sliding Albion from... Uh, oh, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they're weird, rapey from, fuckers. Is it The Authority that they it's, turn up I, in? Or I plan? think they premiere in Stormwatch. Okay. It, might, it might be The Authority. It all slides together. Basically, they're part of the Wildstorm universe. Mm. Um, sliding Albion. So, develop... As, as we broadly have a loathing of the country that spawned you. So yeah. that'll, that'll help with that. And it will give you some fascinating neuroses with which to woo the ladies. So what's the next bit? Die and all alone. Let's come back to that. How do we deal with cats? We pet them because they're super cute. That is broadly comics approach to cats, isn't it? It seems yeah. pro-cat. Com- yeah. Comics are broadly pro I mean, they're, they're kind of coddled. Um, I'm not aware of any comics that really outline cats as the little bastards they are. I suspect they get kind of shat on in Mouse Guard, but mm-hmm. I haven't read enough. If anyone knows any anti-cat comics, please let us know. Send us your postcards. In, in Prince of Cats, they're kind of indifferent, capricious shit. Which is accurate. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to help you with the cat problem, no, per se. It's not, it's not going to help you stop them eating you. You could just not get cats in the first place. You could just... Just, just send them away. You could, um, you could just turn up. You'll probably outlive them. You, you could, could raise them vegan so that they won't. I really eat hope them. I outlive the fucker. You, you won't. He's, well, he's hardy. Only if I die by his or your hand. Possibly a supervillain team up. I'm gonna so, spread my bets on that one. It's, it's the old and alone bit. So presumably John does want to get old. So we won't focus on. Yeah, because there's, there's a young. quick fix to that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a simple one. Can yeah. we go anywhere sort of fountain of youth e in mythology slash comics? Do we have any? There's a lot of really it in, as well. Right? That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of it in Tiffany. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't end well. It goes badly, and you have to have sex with Alan Quatermain. Yeah, yeah. Let's not focus on that. Um, He's gnarly. He is gnarly, and, and not in the surfer dude sense. No, he's no. like he's like a he's he's like a walnut with a peanut penis, not a peanut, not a walnut with a peanut. He's not just in a bag of mixed just nuts, just waving it around threateningly. Yeah. <laughs> I like the podcast. Yeah. So, so how how do we use the power of comics um, to snare someone for John? How do we do that? I still think it's it's captured by eagles. I think I think I think rich counter examples. I think Reed Scott Pilgrim and. Do none of that. Mm. Yes. Um, read blankets and do very little of that. I, I think there are a lot of comics about people that have realised they were total shits and really bad at relationships, and I think you can just read a shit ton of them and try not to be that guy. Empire State might be good as well as a counterexample. I can't remember the guy mm. who did it, but he basically um, lives on the West Coast, girlfriend moves to New mm. York. He sort of half thoroughly but also half heartedly pursues her, and it just doesn't really, you know, the, the, the miracle of reunion in the big city. Doesn't go well. Also, with reference to our previous uh, our previous question, have impeccable grammar when online dating. Very true. Impeccable grammar, which which John does. Excellent. So just 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 get on with that, and you'll be fine. Cross the T's, dot the I's, read blankets. Done. I have another question here from Adam in Cambridge. The same one. Yeah, same one. Adam, dear, dear Agony Ant Man, what is the difference between an ant and a termite? Well, they're different species. You are an insect expert. That's true. Do you want um, to tell us more about bugs? A little. Well, basically, termites evolved. Termites um, evolved from cockroaches. Um, they are social really? cockroaches. Yes. 
What can I learn from you that I can't learn from watching A Bug's Life? I don't think there's anything about termites in that. Basically, termites are cockroaches that gradually became uh, eusocial. Um, that's EU social, mm. not yo social. Also not EU mm. socialism. Yeah. No, no, but they're not like the insect you get loves to hate. Mm. There are huge variants as well. They have horrible mouth parts. Some of them are just bitey shits, but... Uh, some of them spray glue or chemicals. They're basically awful. Damn. Termites. Bigger, different, used to be cockroaches, much fucking worse than ants. Mm. The more you know. We have a question here from Mike in Cambridge. Oh, Mike. Dear Agony Ant-Man, a friend wants to use throwing bear traps on other humans. If I say it's a bad idea, he might use them on me. What do I do? Well, I, I, was, I was a little concerned about this one, I saw it. <clears throat> Throwing bear traps, or throwing bear traps. This is where the hyphen is important. What's a what's a throwing bear? Okay, so there is a bear trap for throwing. A throwing Let's bear assume trap, that that is the and case. And a throwing bear trap, which would be either... A trap for the, the, the throwing bear. A, yes, a trap for the throwing bear, or a trap that deployed throwing bears. True. Also an option. It's a big box. When you open the front of it, throwing bears come out. Not I'm gonna, unlike I'm, right. the drop bears in Next Wave. Yes. Um, and I think the answer there was punching. Yes. No, the answer there was to be a robot. And punching. And punching. Um, kind of I want to simplify the question problems. again a little bit, because you've posited three different things that this could be, according to Heisman. Next Wave. Don't sing the song. Don't sing the fucking song. It's like Shakespeare. Don't. Don't. <laughs> with much more punching. He did it. He did sing it. Um, Next wave. The answer is to read Next Wave. And um, if these are a real thing, and your friend has them, he could maybe use them on Roger around the junk and head. I think that one's solved. Mm. Fair. Solved and solved well. I think we've got time for uh, for probably one more question. Does Shall we? that correspond to the number of questions we have remaining? It does not. It does not. We've got more than we normally need. Fucking hell. Let's 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 do two. Um, this one is from Christopher in Cambridge. Is absolutely distinct from Chris in Cambridge. Um, that's not true. Dear Agony Ant Man, I think I enjoy Kieran Gillen's puns. What's wrong with me, and what can I do about it? Well, we'll answer that in order. Everything, and we, personally, will beat you to death. I quite like Kieran Gillen's puns. There was some wonderful Baphomet nonsense in the most recent week, too. Don't encourage him. Dave is clutching his face, for those of you at home. Clutching his face and leaning back. The puns are fine. I secretly, I secretly enjoy puns these days, but, but just don't encourage him. I like it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's also it's, it's dumb grandstanding. That's what I enjoy. Okay, right. So, what's wrong with you, then, is... All the stuff that's wrong with Roger, and I hope you're happy now that you know that. How could you not be? Fucking hell, dude, that was harsh. I know. I know, but sometimes you just need to lay down some truth bombs. Dropping truth bombs. Hard truth's gonna fall. Yeah. So one final question from John again. We're not gonna pretend it's a different John by giving him a different name, because you can't really do much with John other than John... If it's not short for Jonathan, which it's not. Could be all comics collect J apostrophe on. True. It's pretty good. Yeah, could be that. Like some kind of weird Superman shit. Mm. What's Martian Manhunter? John Jones. 
Jaon. Jaon's. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. You kind of knew a thing but didn't quite know it, didn't you? It was weird. I, I felt there was something just, just below the surface. The surface is actually an enemy they fight in DC, the New Frontier. Really? Yeah. No, it's called the center, sorry. No, I was, I was going to make a winkle in a bathtub joke. We were all going to make a winkle in a bathtub joke. We were, I was going to add a whole thing to riff on about meniscuses. Battleships. But, um, it's ruined now, all gone to shit. So, the question is this. I am woefully undereducated in comics, and the more I read, the more uneducated I feel. Please help. John, you are not alone. I have been doing this for apparently 32 episodes, although I wasn't here for quite a few of them. Um, and I still don't feel at all qualified to talk about this stuff. So I don't either. I'm, no, nor do I. There are huge gaps in... I, I haven't even read Mouse. Me neither. I have. I'm not as bad as you fucks. Oh, fair enough. Um, I think one of, the, one of the odd things, one of the reasons that this is an issue is like no one would ever have expected to read all of any particular genre of fiction or mm-hmm. you know, all worthy literature. But comics comes from a sort of collection place. It comes from particularly you know, the sort of superhero stuff. And I think up until recently when the scene has changed quite a bit, there was a sort of cachet to knowing... Mm. Absolutely everything, being able to name which Weird. issue of Green Lantern something happened. Big in. swinging completism. I think yeah. you've also got the issue of, particularly with sort of Marvel and DC universes, there have been so many reboots of the major characters that actually starting from the beginning doesn't necessarily give you all you need to know. Yeah. But I do find digging back over it can be a little bit empowering in the face of all the nonsense. Mm. So a few years ago, I when they reached it in, in those reasonable quality trades that made it obvious how bad the art was, I reread or, in some cases, read all of Age of Apocalypse. Big, iconic X-Men story. X-Men was the continuity I obsessed over. Mm-hmm. It's such bollocks. It's inscrutable nonsense. It makes no sense. And I kind of felt freed. It's not like there's been some perfect story that's been going for 70 years that you yeah. only jumped in on the last ten of. Or yeah, I realised it was two of. absolute shit show that it wasn't really worth knowing about. Mm. Read Age of Apocalypse. It'll make you just sad and confused and then you'll realise that none of this stuff makes sense yeah so I think that's that's particularly true of the superhero stuff um, you just you just don't need to read it all no. there's no value to it um, it's like when people first get into Twitter right? they're like well how could I possibly keep up let's it not go the point. And dip, dip in. in the stream Yeah, let it so wash over you cross the streams don't do that I think if, if you're going to read that stuff that is continuity heavy Read, follow the artists and writers that you like, and um, Wikipedia is your friend. Yeah, read the Cliffs Notes. Yeah, you can you can get away with so much that way, and comparing your knowledge against of that sort of thing to someone else is a losing. It's a losing battle. It's not. No one wins if you know more. They know more. Yeah. It doesn't make you a better. Or worse I don't. Person. I don't think recounting facts about comics is anywhere near as useful as reading a smaller number of things and understanding them, thinking about them, thinking about what you enjoy and don't, and essentially critiquing it. I think as well, the UK, in the, the little bit I've seen, probably, there, I'm sure there are bad comic shops in the UK, but the UK seems to have less of a sort of no girls in the treehouse, you must know this much about Spider-Man to get on the ride style mm-hmm. comic store culture. Yeah, we just have fewer comic stores in general, which I think is part of it. Because the ones we do have are a bit more mass market, and they can't afford to be quite as bad of a set of cunts. Yeah, so, I mean, Forbidden Planet stores, 
certainly individual staff could be like that, but as a whole, they sell merchandise and they sell some comics on the side. Yes. They, yeah, they sell a bunch of themed tat from pretty much every franchise that's selling yeah. themed tat. You can't judge at that point. And sometimes they... You can buy Captain Picard's head, you can't judge. You can buy it as a cookie jar. Sometimes they questionably foreground questionable tits. Oh yeah, there's some fairly shoddy stuff there. Yeah, it's been planning to short, sort its act out about the whole Norks forward merch policy. Mm. Yeah. Um, indies certainly seem to be a lot better. In Norks we trust. Because I think if you open an ind- independent it's comic not shop... It's innocuous. Sorry, Nork jokes. Dave was making a point. Dave was making a point. Uh, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. We ruined it. We ruined it. No, just it's, it's so much effort to run an indie store yeah. in this country that... Um, places like Gosh and Page 45, they have to really put the effort in. They have to, they are almost mass market in the sense that they have to appeal to everyone, but essentially they do that by knowing their shit very, very well. And understanding the value of not alienating potential mm. customers on from the get-go. Yeah. Which is good. It's nice not to feel alienated. Yeah, I think embracing a comic store that will welcome you and make good recommendations. Mm. Um, and if you're interested, if, you, if you're feeling that you just don't understand the medium as well, there's there's loads of really cool, quite accessible stuff you can read. Mm-hmm. I mean, Douglas Folk's book is brilliant and will make you enthusiastic. Yeah, that's um, reading comics, which is is a fantastic one. And when I was getting, well, basically, I, I sort of had a couple of years break where I couldn't really afford to buy anything, um, and web comics hadn't taken off again because I went to university so long ago. You're very old. Very old. Um, and reading that when I got back was really useful in terms of just stoking enthusiasm for things that were on the market yeah. then um, and introducing me to a whole load of things that I wouldn't have known about otherwise um, and obviously Scott McCloud's reading uh, Understanding Comics mm-hmm. is a very useful book the uh, um, Paul Gravitt is it Paul Gravitt the Compendium thousand and, thousand and one yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a nice dip in reference yes if you want a, a bunch of stuff from different genres within comics pulled out it's a mm. it's a good where should I go yeah. next guide. A thousand and one comics you must read before you die. So it's mm. one is part of that range. It's well curated. It's it's not sort of American and English centric. It goes absolutely everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's from sort of the beginning of the twentieth century onwards. It's got a really wide range. It's not necessarily curated for accessibility or mm-hmm. availability, but mm. there's some interesting stuff there and. And plenty of it. If one yeah. thing's not accessible or available, you'll find plenty in there yeah. that is. You can always follow the artist and the writer again, the, the ones that appeal. I guess the other thing you could do is find something like crazy-ass niche, crazy ass niche and just read the shit out of it so that you can lord it over everyone that hasn't. I mean, that would be a dick move, but it would be quite a satisfying dick move. Find your own music. Mm. Mm. Dance to the beat of your own drum. Can we, can we not? I wasn't going to dance at your all. Butt cheeks. Yeah, that's not what I meant. I mean, I thought we were I just going for a storm of cliches. I don't. I don't really want the butt slap hoedown. It would be more like bongos than hoedown. Yeah. Well, I think we've answered that question very well. Better than um, some of the others, one might say. What you also could do is um, shrink down to a thousandth of yes. your size and use your massively increased strength to punch the problem. I would recommend that. I think that's probably a better answer. It's definitely an option. More, it's practical. It's unmanageable. Mandible? Oh, shut up. Well, it's been lovely. Um, I think we've helped a lot of people. 
I think we've helped everyone. I think we're the finest humanitarians of our age. Yeah, we've helped everyone who's asked anything of us to live richer, fuller, better lives. At a thousandth of their proportional size. Yes, they're going to punch the shit out of very small things. Um, and I think, essentially, Nobel Peace Prize this year? Almost certainly. Eisner and a Nobel Peace Prize? I'm going for physics. <laughs> no, because where's our fucking Eisner Award nomination? Yeah. Roger, Roger annoys Eisner Award nominees. Just gets right on their wick. I see. Twitter. Fully justified text, column, text columns. Roger can't shut up about fonts. That's a thing we've known for a long time. Yeah. Roger's an asshole. We could have predicted this before we started working We knew with all him. of this. We knew all of this. He's got previous. But if the, that knowledge gets wider, no one will take our very good advice about shrinking and punching. Shrunching. Would you like to say goodnight? I would like to say goodnight. Please do. I would like to say goodnight. Good evening.